you feel withdrawn from life? Do you feel hopeless or that you have no reason to live? Understanding the warning signs of suicide could save your life. Suicide is preventable, and SAVE can help. Learn how to prevent suicide at SAVE.org. The Swap Without a Still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and MASH Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, MASH Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, mash I hope we won't be crying by the end of this episode. Hopefully not. But it's okay if we do. Feeling. People talk about people. This is a song that's been ruined. <laughs> I just, when I, when I think of that song, I don't think of like the good versions of it. I just think of Carol Burnett singing it on an episode, of, like a Mama's Family episode of her show where the, she was on the gong show and she sucked. I mostly think of the Offspring cover of it, which is very different. But, but I was just now channeling Buffy from the movie, which Donald Sutherland is in, and Donald Sutherland is also in MASH, and you are listening to MASH Minute! Yay! <laughs> I was too enthusiastic, sorry. Yeah, keep it up! It, it, got... It's it's great when you have passion for the show halfway through. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes. Cause, cause we've hit the halfway point. I was just going to say, Megan, would you like to tell... Uh, so, I am Tierney Steele. That's Megan Coleman. Hey. And that's... Hey, everybody. It's Brad Mendenhall from the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. And we are halfway through our movie. Yay! Which I did not realize until Megan pointed it out to me right before I hit record. <laughs> oh, by the way. So, so this is you. for for... Well, it is sort of an artsy movie, and Altman, and I know this is before Altman was really Altman. This is sort of the movie that made him Altman. So, you know, 58, so we're under two hours for this film? That is not a long movie. We had three minutes of opening credits, even. I mean, for storytelling purposes, we are we are moving at a very brisk clip. We've already driven a main character played by Robert Duvall insane and gotten him out of the movie. Yeah, he, he left... In under an hour. Where was Duvall even, in his ca- like, ca- career at this point? This is like his first big film, right? It was just pre-Godfather. Because that's 72 and this is 70. Uh, I'd have to look at his IMDb, but what I'm taking away is that he'd obviously been doing enough that he was getting noticed for things like The Godfather. But, but he wasn't a he star wasn't a yet. Star. That's interesting. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's weird. It's like, well, they already wrote out Robert Duvall. It's like, okay, but it was Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall. So at this point... Yeah, but he was a major character. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting thing to say, but was he? Well, you think of Frank as a major character because of Frank from the TV show. But it's easy to sort of conflate the two but you know they added and improved and increased roles for certain characters and lessened others i mean hawkeye even it was interesting watching this movie the first time where in the tv show hawkeye was definitely the lead and he was also sort of he was the best doctor he was the most uh, accomplished surgeon he was sort of the emotional center of the movie uh and when uh, or the tv show in the movie uh trapper's the best doctor 
and he becomes the head surgeon because of that. And, you know, it, it's interesting how they change that around. It's one of those things where I almost feel like it was possibly demands made by Alan Alda's ma- agent. is like, well, if he's going to be Hawkeye, he, Hawkeye has to be the best doctor or whatever it was. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I feel like in the movie you have almost tiers of characters. So you've got Hawkeye, Trapper, and Duke, which we've argued if Duke is even in that, but I say the triumphant stands for now. And then you've got Blake and Burns and Houlihan and Mulcahy, Radar and Leslie, would they be up there too? But then you've got like, you have got Burns and, and Painless, Volmer... But then Bandini and Murhart are definitely lower. But are they lower than Fulmar? But it, yeah. It's like it's middle weird. school. And it's a, <laughs> it is! Oh my god! It's middle school! There's a social hierarchy and it must be a here too. Or the oh, world's gonna end. My goodness. For those who hadn't done the math yet, we're here today specifically to talk about Minute 58, which begins with... I worded this so delicately... Painless announcing his decision to the group, and it ends with Mulcahy telling Hawkeye that he can't give Painless absolution before he commits suicide. Actually, I'm going to take back my middle school comment and say it's high school just because there is more booze around. And they know how to handle their booze a little bit, depending on who you're talking about. Well, what's funny, I, I love the little bit with the father. And he's a great character because he is the, the priest and the spiritual leader. But they did a good job of not making him a stick in the mud. And the reality of what they were dealing with would affect him as it did other people. So while he's still the priest and he's still trying to be a good priest, you can see he's bargaining with them. And he's like, well, you know, I can't do that. It'll go into the next minute, which uh, I will not be part of. But they are saying, he's like, ah, no, it's not a real suicide. It's like, ah, okay, you know. Yeah, I'll take it back because I did have the note. John Shuck's amazing acting is the only good I will accept in this minute. And that's a slight exaggeration because I do love Mulcahy, like, pinching the bridge of his nose, like, Hawkeye, work with me here. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do like that. But it's a real little part of this minute, and Painless is the best part of this. All right, I'm so mad at Hawkeye right now. I'm so mad at Hawkeye. He is the one who said... Painless was seriously convinced that this is serious. And the minute Painless says, I'm going to kill myself, they all burst out laughing. And then I wrote the note, these guys all suck. They're not good friends. I don't know, maybe that's the point. They're not good friends, but they're not really supposed to be friends. And I I don't know. That's something, I don't know if MASH did this particularly well. But just the idea of, just because you throw all these people together, doesn't mean they're best friends. They're just a bunch of guys around the same age who are thrown into a really crappy situation together. And I think it's something that the TV show dealt with a little better, where you had characters leaving the MASH unit, and that's it. Like, addressing the fact that it's like, when you go back home, we're not going to see each other again, because we're not really... We're friends because we're in a terrible situation together, not because we're soulmates. On one hand, it's sort of them being giggling and being jerks and sucking at this. Makes sense. How good are they supposed to be? They don't know each other. They wouldn't be friends or confidants a lot, often if they were in the United States in a normal situation. But that's sort of me making an excuse for it. But it's not really something that's there in the story, I I don't think. I think you're right. I think the problem is that this is all written backwards because we need to get to the next scene, apparently. (laughs) 
when he says I'm sort of new with this game, I just wrote bless in all capital letters because I just want to like reach in and hug him. Like, I think he's being dumb, but that doesn't mean I don't want to hug him. And now I have to ask a question that is the reason I was like, we need to include a warning because, and I don't want this to come off as like, hey, whatever, everyone, you do you. Is this a cry for help? Because dentists have access to plenty of drugs. And normally, I'm sure not everyone, I would say though, typically a person contemplating suicide doesn't pull the group. Well, for God's sakes, it's basically, it is, I know it's a, I know it's a medical unit, but it's still a medical army unit. Uh, there's guns around, you know, it doesn't really take, the, the amount of planning it is not necessary. So, yeah, it, it's a call for help. It's a cry it, for help. Okay, yeah, that almost makes me, like, when he walks in and he's so like, no, I know you guys are talking about me. It's like, it, it, it's almost one of those where it's like, did you want them to be, t- do you want to be talked out of this? Because these aren't the guys to do it, apparently. <laughs> I can't believe Hawkeye makes the guns with his fingers when he talks about the 45. I mean, bad enough to say, how are you going to do it, the 45? But to, like, mime it? Oh, come on, dude. Hawkeye just sucks. And they cast the right guy because you still like Donald Sutherland. So they got the most charming guy that could say the worst lines and do the worst pantomiming. And it's like, ah. I still remember liking, hey, you know, good lord, it's Donald Sutherland. He showed us his ass in an, in uh, Animal House. You can't be mad at him for, you can't be mad at him after that. And he did it so Karen Allen wouldn't feel uncomfortable. It's like, God bless him. <laughs> Megan, I'm so excited to do Animal House Minute with you someday. Brad, you want that minute? I can put you down now. <laughs> You know, I just came to talk MASH, and I ended up with uh, a a date with Donald Sutherland's ass. Well, you know, Animal House comes up enough that it's not. We've decided it's a sequel, obviously. Because apparently our thing is we like to do movies that didn't age well. (laughs) We like to do movies that were already problematic in their time. (laughs) This is true. And it didn't get easier. (laughs) And then Me Too happened, and you're like, ugh. Well, the thing with but Animal House, like the only thing that saves Animal House from being the worst movie that's aged the worst is like, thank God that for them there was Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, God, I know, right? Ooh. It's like, yeah, you know, those guys were sort of creepy. One or two of them were a little rapey, but uh, n- not not like Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Just a little. Ooh. Those guys uh, all belong in jail. Uh, yeah, also, again, if you like MASH, baby, don't Google MASH plus uh, hashtag me too. You might get a little sad. Oh, no, good lord. Altman was ter- Oh, no, I'm not, not, not even, like, the TV, like, just the TV show commentaries. People talk about how much, you know, like, you shouldn't watch MASH anymore, period. End of story. Burn it. Burn it all. Well, I don't know if you guys have talked about this story, and I might be jumping the gun, but, uh, of course, the story where uh, Hot Lips, you know, where they decide to basically trick her into the shower so they can see her fully nude, and- To be fair, she was gonna take a shower anyway, but they then- collapsed a tent around her exposing her entire body to like half the camp yeah yeah 
And Altman's solution, to be fair, because they were doing that to the, the poor actress, was all the men would, like, watch the scene and they would all have their pants down. It's like, that doesn't make it better. Yeah, I know, right? We'll, we'll, we'll get there on the details of that, but... A little preview for a minute I will not be around for. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do always throw it open to guests on their last day. Like, hey, anything in the movie that you want to talk about? But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. First, let's talk about Hitler before we wrap up. Because, you know, ha ha ha, so much fun. I, it just annoyed me because they say, like, oh, well, it worked for Hitler and Ava Braun, the black capsule. But he shot himself as well. So for those who didn't major in World War II history, and for people like me who that was many years ago, and so I was like, just before I put this on the internet, let me look it up and make sure that I'm saying the right words. And now God only knows what Google thinks of me. But I tried to couch it in very academic terms, but even so. Hitler shot himself. Ava Braun took a cyanide capsule. The prussic acid in that, I hope I'm saying that right, is what makes the burnt almond smell, which is what's associated with black capsules, that smell in the room afterwards from the cyanide capsule. I thought it was that she, well, the problem is the Soviets took Berlin, right? I mean, that's what the problem was. Oh, yes. And that's so how we ended up with two Berlin. There were multiple stories of how Hitler died in the bunker. And since he was alone in a room with someone who also died in the bunker, okay, fair enough. So some people said he shot himself while biting down on it, but the whole idea was that even after they killed the f- dog with the black capsule, sorry, bitter. Blondie, I know. Yeah, so they Because she tested, had so many secrets to tell, right? They <sighs> tested the black capsule on the dogs because they were worried that they- weren't actually cyanide capsules. Then the whole reason, peek behind the curtain for our listeners, we originally were going to record these mi- this minute earlier this month. And for some reason, because I was like, oh yeah, I got to look up that I'm like using the right words and terms for things because it's black capsule isn't a technical term. Then I started thinking about the movie Downfall because the, re- the reason I know all this is I originally was writing a screenplay that was a biography of Ava Braun and I had some really great set pieces in mind and then I watched Downfall and was like, oh, well, that's already been done very well. Great movie, but it's a rough movie. And then I remembered how much I hate Magda Goebbels. I mean, what a bitch. She's awful. She's a, you know, a sea of bad people. She's a bad person. And I got so upset thinking about her and the bunker and the fact that she killed her children. (laughs) Cause Hitler was going to lose the war. You effing psychopath, you. And I just was like, you know what? I can't record. I can't record. I can't do this. I'm so upset. And yeah, they're all putzes basically. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's, At least this story for Trapper John, he's still not right, but he's righter than he was. (laughs) He's not actually provably wrong, like, that's not the years that Man of War lived. (laughs) If this scene keeps going long enough, he'll eventually start saying stuff that's factually accurate. (laughs) There was the story that Hitler, yeah, they shot themselves, but they did take the cyanide capsule. So, okay, fine, I'll give him that. Worked for Hitler and A for Braun. But they did still shoot themselves because they just putts. And then we are freed. We are freed from this awfulness <laughs> to be with poor Mulcahy. Poor, poor Father Mulcahy. 
who is being asked to give absolution to Painless Paul before his imminent demise. Does it just strike you that this is not even the probably the craziest thing to Mulcahy's been asked for today? He does not seem surprised to be asked this. Yeah, he, he's just like, oh, here we go. Here's the next stupid thing that I'm going to have to deal with. <laughs> oh, man. I love that he's like, I really should contact the military vicar's office. And that's just so like, I want them to say no. <laughs> because you're not listening to me say no. So maybe you'll believe them. <laughs> but is he really going to, are any of them really going to listen to the... Yeah, this gets back into our discussions of sacraments. As we talked about with previous guest, Father David Mowry, Mulcahy is explaining to Hawkeye that he cannot give absolution to someone who's about to commit suicide. Does he say that it's a mortal sin this minute or is that t- tomorrow? Uh, I think that's maybe tomorrow. I, I'm not sure exactly where the line cuts in his explanation, but the whole idea is absolution, the forgiveness of sins, can't happen if you're not... Uh, the whole way is explained with this is you have to be sorry that you did something wrong and you have to genuinely be planning not to do it again. Obviously... Some sins happen over and over again, but you have to be making a good faith effort. And obviously you can't do that with committing suicide. You obviously know that what you're about to do is wrong and are going to do it anyway. So that doesn't work. Yeah, there's no walking it back. Exactly. And I've and it's something that I've seen addressed in other movies and TV shows. Uh, I, I want to say I saw like an episode of LA Law about it, you know, using sort of the same plot line and the, you know, the Catholic guilt and the, the, the church's views on suicide. Uh, and it was definitely something that came up during the height of the Kevorkian, Dr. Kevorkian. Uh, stuff that just sort of discussing the fact that this is actually could be blown up into a more interesting story. Uh, you know, Mulcahy and Church's view on suicide is something that's been used in other stories or TV shows. And Mulcahy's not one of that top tier of characters in this movie. No. And I, I yeah. think, as you said, everything has been building up to this. So they're just moving things along to get to their hilarious set piece. And this is a little beyond where, you know, it goes into the next minutes. But it does just seem like these guys are bored. And while this could be a real problem, what Painless is going through, they're just, it seems like they're just looking at a way to sort of be shifty, be jerks, and come up with a wacky solution because they're bored. And, you know, and that's, you can almost look at the previous minutes in that context of them just all sitting around the swamp drinking and yeah. just like, Coming up with BS stories and being sort of giggly and making fun of it while still in their minds helping because they just don't have anything better to do. I don't know if that makes it better That's or worse. Depressingly but depressingly a really good point. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Like so many other parts of this movie, this wouldn't happen because you just wouldn't have the opportunity. All right. We got to turn this ship around to happy land. Because I cannot let you go out okay. on such a note, Brad. I, I'm <laughs> Megan and I are in this for the long haul. The boredom of war through. is how I'm going to leave this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get there. Now, I mentioned how we kind of always throw the door open of any characters that you missed out on seeing or anything you wanted to talk about. And the other thing is I realized we never got your... Uh, how do we phrase these things in Movies by Minutes podcast? Your MASH origin story? 
You know, it's it's that's a great question. I was too young to see the movie when I saw it. It was there was definitely thing of my parents were sort of early adopters of getting a like a VCR. It was a little bit after Mash ended, but the the TV show ended. But Mash was in reruns all the time, and you know they would go out to the video store oh three four times a week because it was sort of a new toy. And they would always bring these movies back. And it was just this thing where we watched the T- MASH TV show. And I don't know who said it. It was like, oh, you know, there is a MASH movie. And it's like, and my grandmother says, like, I remember that. And she would talk about the football scene. Because that's really the funny scene of the movie. So they went to the video store. They got, they rented the movie, brought it back. I must have been middle school aged watching it. And it's not a movie for a middle school aged kid. Oh, God. <laughs> It's about grown men with the the emotional range of middle school age kids. (laughs) Yeah, and also it was a gory movie. I mean, you see Trapper and Hawkeye just stepping on organs while they're operating. And not gory as like Freddy Krueger where it's amplified and that makes it a little detached. No, it's, it's like gross, uncomfortable stuff. And then what they did to poor Hot Lips and all that stuff and just the way they treated women. But I was still able to... Even at a young age, like, I recognize it was different than anything else I'd seen. The way the acting was done were sort of understated, no big speeches, and seeing a war movie where it's not about, like, the rallying speech at the end, the St. Crispin's Day speech, for, for lack of a better term. That, that wasn't what this movie is about. It, it was like a being about the movies being mundane, about these guys being sort of overgrown children. I mean, it begins and ends with them stealing a Jeep. So I it, love the end it, of this movie. It definitely movie. was a movie that intrigued me. Oh, it's fantastic. And it, it's funny because it sort of brings Duke back into the focus. And as you said, Duke, you're trying to figure out if he's at top tier or not because he almost gets pushed aside once the Hawkeye Trapper friendship takes shape. But then at the end, it's like, there's Duke to take him back. And it's like, oh, okay, that's neat. So, you know, Altman's a really interesting director. It's funny, earlier this week, you were talking about how confusing it can be when you have that first, like, best friend of the same gender, and it's like, well, I love this person, but what does that mean? And figuring out that, like, hey, there's different ways to feel about people. It isn't all or nothing. And it Mm -hmm. reminded me of one of the main relationships in Tom Taylor's book, which is a young adult novel. It's two best friends and one of them starts dating a girl and people are talking about it as if it's like this previous relationship like you still need to make time for your other girlfriend (laughs) of your best friend that you used to spend all this time with and and how that relationship changes and it kind of made me think about the Hawkeye Duke Trapper dynamic of there is another friend of theirs who isn't their best friend and when they're fighting they talk to him more and it's kind of sad he has like this sad moment where he realizes like oh if you guys were talking to each other you wouldn't be telling me this you'd be telling the other guy and I think that's kind of what happens to Duke a little bit like he and Hawkeye are friends He and Trapper John are friends. He and Ugly John are making s'mores together. But Trapper and Hawkeye are friends on like a different level. Right, right. And that's, it's funny. That's the thing that I think people can relate to. Where you have your best friend and then there's the other friend. I I can actually remember the guy. Uh, Like my best friend was Clark and then there was Travis who, it was actually like a weird heartbreaking moment. This is like fourth grade, fifth grade stuff where it was like, he's like, you know, well, you know, we're all best friends. I mean, I like you as much as I like Clark and you like me as much as you like Clark. And I'm just, and and even in fourth grade, I was like, nope, no, I don't. (laughs) And it's, 
I know, but and it's sort of the same thing here where you, you have those weird dynamics of, you know, there's a group of friends, be it like two, three, four people, and you know inside that there's like a stronger bond between two characters. So then it's, it's funny that at the end, the, the one where the bond wasn't quite as strong, all of a sudden he just reappears. It's like, oh, this is that special thing for those two. So it was like a fun thing watching, of all people, those two right off to the sunset together. <laughs> I feel bad for Travis now. I haven't even thought of that guy in 30 years. Aww. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to come up on a movie's I hope he's well. podcast. <laughs> Maybe he's listening now. You never, <laughs> you never know. He might have been a MASH fan. Maybe you guys will find each other in the MASH Minute Post-Up Listener's Ward. Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> Travis, if you're out there from uh, Perkiman Valley Elementary School, let's let's talk on uh, the, the, the MASH Facebook page. You can find us at the post-ep, get it, post-ep ward on Facebook. And then if, as my dad puts it, the uh, tweets are more your thing, the, uh, the tweet wall, you can find us on Twitter at MASH Minute. And we're also MASH Minute on Instagram, or as my dad calls it, that photo thing your mom likes. My dad's clearly not on social media. I don't even know if he knows what a podcast really is. Like, I think he knows what a podcast is. I just don't know if he really listens to them or not. Hey, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> Devil. So, yeah. And you can find us uh, on this podcast however you found it last time. So, keep doing that thing. Apple Podcasts or, I don't know, where else are we Whatever at? Whatever they're here? calling themselves Whatever. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, right? We're going to send Brad off into the sunset, possibly in a Jeep. One last time, Brad, tell the folks if they want to follow you. Cosmic Geppetto Podcast is on all your favorite podcatchers, the Cosmic Geppetto listeners page. We would love to get a like from everybody and uh, you know, join the conversation. Cosmic Geppetto Podcast is a uh, geek-positive podcast uh, dedicated to in being inclusive and having fun and talking about geeky stuff that we all love. Uh, so we would love to have more people uh, listen and join in. And uh, thank you guys so much. This has been a fantastic week. I've had a great time. Uh, thanks for sticking with it. Got a little rough there for a while, but I think we really pulled out some interesting conversations, and it's it's what John Chuck would want. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention. What? I don't remember which minute it was for. I just remember it was a close-up of his face when he's talking in the tent. But at one point, I was like, wow, I bet that's what Pete Davidson's dad looks like from SNL. Oh, yeah, yeah. The comedian. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying, one of those close-ups. If you watch a movie one minute at a time, you're going to have some weird thoughts. And that was one of mine. That's a good weird thought. Last weird thought of the day. But we'll be back tomorrow with more, I'm sure. Uh...